conference finals are in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free to play pools every day of the basketball and hockey playoffs, offering players a free shot at $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is it's free to play. DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get a free shot at $10,000 in total prizes every day in the NBA and NHL playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pool to Play page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Today on the Soda Pod, we talk about a former Blackhawks scumbag of a video coach and enlighten everybody on that story. We're also going to dive into Ray Shiro joining the Minnesota Wilds front office. We'll also dive into Jack Eichel and other NHL trade rumblings. And we have our friend James Nichols joining us for our last segment in Tim Peel's Hot Mic of the Week. All that and more in episode 166 of the Soda Pod. Let's go. From the Wildwoods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Dromi here alongside the state of Hoppy, and thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. A big happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to spend it with my dad today, uh, giving him a, a, what is it, a, a FaceTime, a Facebook video call after this. Um, but Hoppy, how, how's your day been, and did you make the rounds and, uh, and see the pops? Yep, made the rounds, went out and saw my dad this morning. Uh, we actually, his choice, met at Back Channel, because that's nice. right by their place that they're actually selling on Friday. So congrats to them getting out of, well, the cities and just going to fish for the rest of his life. So out of boy. Yep, and boy. then went out and saw the in-laws as well. So, yep, made the rounds and, well, here we are back to it. Here we are back to it. Indeed. Uh, hope all the other uh, dads listening to this podcast and, uh, and sons listening to this podcast. I hope you had a great day with your father, uh, as well. Um, we're totally interactive here on the soda pod. So hit us up on Twitter and Facebook at the soda pod. You can leave us a voicemail or a text message at 612-324-1684. And a big thanks to open phone. It's a cell phone in an app. Great monthly rates at only 10 bucks a month only at open phone. Again, that's 612 Two four one six eight four. Before we move on here, the Hockey Podcast Network is powered by DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use promo code THPN for sign-up bo- bonus or weekly deals if you are a regular user. All right, on the other side, we got the Hoppy Hour, then some heavy NHL news and notes. You're listening to the Soda Pod, episode 166, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. First, I'd like to propose a toast to UMD goaltender Alex Stalak. To Stalak! To Stalak! 
I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. You're all hopped out? All right. Special Father's Day edition of the Hoppy Hour. I heard uh, in that intro there, Hoppy, that you cracked yours. What, what do you got on tap here before uh, before we tell some some fun father and sports-related stories? Yeah, and this one uh, kind of actually goes out to my dad selling his house right now. Also to Kirill Kaprizov, just very timely. We have <laughs> Stacking Cash by Blackstack. Oh, very nice, very nice. <laughs> and they are stacked. I love it. It's funny, too, because it's Monopoly money, so it looks kind of like your money, Isha. <laughs> Which, you know, I read an article the other day that Canadian money is actually the dirtiest money because more germs can stick to, you know, whatever the whatever it's made out of because it ain't paper. Because that thing really burn. Hey, universal healthcare, right? Universal healthcare. So apparently, it was a uh, it was one of the biggest spreaders of COVID. Was our cash. So there you go. Everybody moved to tap in a pandemic. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I got on hand here uh, the birthday cake by Spectrum Brewing. Uh, as Shane dropped off some beers for me, shout out Shane. He said uh, this one he he really really liked. He he hasn't been impressed with Spectrum that much in the past, mostly because of their website. Because he said that their website is like it's almost like hipster but crossing the line of hipster because craft 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 brewing is pretty hipster in itself yeah. but it's like the, the website that's like we're craft beer made for those who don't like craft it's just it's just it's just too meta it's just too meta basically if you tried to turn on a hockey game in there they'd smack you with their mustache exactly exactly but this one he said was was awesome a uh, very simple can you know with the the birthday cake sprinkles contains milk sugar and is naturally flavored so i'm excited to try this one thanks shane he also dropped one off for me, Hoppy. It was a $9 beer. Um, and he said that that one should go in Hoppy's care package. So you're going to get uh, something special there too. Oh, baby. Oh, man, this is good. I, I never thought I'd like a beer that tastes like a birthday cake, but not too sweet. And it's actually super refreshing. So cheers, Shane. Um, all right. This is a special Hoppy Hour Father's Day edition. Uh, we'll start with you, Hoppy. You got a you got a story here, a Father's Day story, and obviously it's a sports podcast, so we'll work in uh, the sports element to it as well. Yeah, I mean, I have endless stories about my dad. <laughs> if you ask like any of my friends, like all of them just know him as Randy. Uh, he is the life of any party, and uh, the best. He's like, you've seen how competitive I can be, Isha, and you probably haven't even seen the full extent of it. He's like ten x anything I could be, like. Uh, example, we're playing with his parents, right? Grandma and grandpa, we're playing game 500. You're probably not familiar with most people. If you know Euchre, it's just oh, I know a Euchre. little bit more in-depth Euchre. Okay. And he just gets into it, starts screaming across the table at people because they played something <laughs> the wrong way. Oh, and no. if, if you really get him going too. So my dad, it's crazy. Like zero hockey in his blood, in his history whatsoever, Grew up a farm guy, like his dad was a farmer. He lived in southern Minnesota, Nebraska, on and off. And uh, somehow my mom and him met. Uh, well, their first date, sorry, was going to a Blackhawks North Stars hockey game. Neither of them cared. It was just cool to go to the game. And he is actually, he only will talk about it when he gets a little tipsy, but he was an all-star football player in Nebraska if he wasn't 5'7", and maybe that's giving him too much credit, 
if he wasn't that short, he probably could have played serious competitive college football, ended up winning a state championship in Nebraska. And this is back when there weren't different classes. So this is like, I think he said the average uh, weight discrepancy from team to team was like 30 pounds from the guy you're looking across the field at. Jeez. And so if you get him drunk enough, he'll tell you that he was a fucking state champion. And he actually played, most of you probably listening know these players, you know uh, Wentz or you know Allen, both of which stud quarterbacks. Well, Wentz, we'll see if he bounces back this year. But both of them were recruited by one of his teammates and friends in Craig Bowl. So shout out, Randy. Happy Father's Day. Congrats on selling the house and enjoy fishing for the rest of your life. Cheers, Randy. I don't have a trailer park boys Randy drop, but <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> All right. I got two quick ones. Uh, my dad is, uh, was born in Iran, um, escaped, you know, actually in 79 during the revolution, but a huge sports guy, oh, a huge sports and music guy, uh, soccer in particular, cause that that's Iran's sport. And, um, he has, when he escaped Iran, he went to Mexico and, you know, Mexico, another soccer nation there too. And he, you know, played semi-professional was actually scouted, uh, to play in, you know, big camps and stuff like that and got injured at a young age, back injury. That's kind of just it hurt him for the rest of his life. It was one of those at the time where the surgery was a little bit 50, 50 with, with certain, uh, well, the herniated disc and some other injuries. And he was like, if one half of the surgery doesn't allow me to play, if one outcome doesn't allow me to play soccer for the rest of my life, then I'd rather just play in pain. And the stud that he is, you know, now he's in his mid sixties is still playing soccer. Now in a senior league, he used to play with like younger guys still and just play like 10 minutes a night. Um, but he, he's a soccer guy, but we grew up in Northern BC in, like my family, cold ass Prince George, a huge hockey town and sports town. They have great soccer programs, but you know, the BCHL and WHL teams have been there for, for so long. Um, and I remember as a kid where we, I think it was my first, you know, Prince George Cougars game, which was more of a professional atmosphere than a BCHL game. And you could notice that even as a young and just looking at, you know, the dump that was where the Spruce Kings played and uh, the stud CN center where the, the, the Cougars played. And it's just a quick memory, but I remember looking up at my dad during it, one of those uh, like um, in between period contests and I've never seen someone get so into like, it was like a relay past the the giant puck like competition down the line. And he was like yelling at people in this section, hurry it up, hurry it up, hurry it up. And I'm like, this guy doesn't even know what's going on in the game. You know, like I'm seven and I know hockey more than him. Yet he's having the time of his life at this sporting event. And the the second tidbit was years, years later, we were watching university hockey uh, locally and it's not high competitive hockey out, out here in the BCIHL. But my dad was visiting. He, he works up north. And we only see him a few times a year. And I was like, hey, you want to go see a hockey game? There's no other sports going on. And he goes, oh, yeah, let's do it. He meets me at the rink. And it's like October. It, it's getting colder. Shorts and like a, a little sweater. I'm like, dad, you, you're from Iran. Like, this is a this is an ice rink. Like, you've, you've, do, you've been here before. And this isn't like a WHL ice rink. There's no heaters around here. This is like a, this is the Nanaimo Ice Center, for fuck's sakes. The guy sat there for, for almost the entire game shivering his ass off because he wanted to spend time with the boys and watch hockey. So, uh, Amory, happy father's day. I know you, you're not a fan of the sport of hockey, but I love how, uh, you know, me being a young Canadian kid in BC, you still took, you know, took me to all these games. And if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this. So, uh, cheers. Hey, Amory, my spirit animal. I'm the one that gets looked at cross-eyed when I show up to the XL energy center in shorts. So <laughs> I get it. I get it. 
All right. Um, on the other side, let's dive into a ton of NHL talk. You're listening to the Soda Pod episode 166, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. As we start this segment, uh, let's let's just rip the band-aid right off. This is a story that was published on June 17th, so a few days ago now. And to be perfectly honest, I saw it first in our Hockey Podcast Network Slack group chat where someone shared it. It hasn't been circling around Twitter. It hasn't been circling around any social media or even local radio stations. And that's this terrible, terrible story uh, coming up from the TSN talking about the Chicago Blackhawks in 2010, particularly a scumbag of a video coach. Now, still allegations, but I don't have to say he's allegedly a scumbag. I've read up on this guy. He's a fucking scumbag, uh, Brad Aldrich. Now, the allegations are that uh, from two anonymous former Chicago Blackhawks players that in uh, 2009, 2010, that they were sexually, emotionally, man, the list goes on, abused, by this video coach, uh, they were they were blackmailed with their with their career. Uh, the guy would force them again with blackmail, allegedly to send you know sexual text messages and photos. It's really it's really dark stuff, uh, guys. The worst part about this hobby is that the Chicago Blackhawks covered it up, and though Stan Bowman and other you know high execs in that organization. Um, you know, haven't, haven't commented. There's no, there's no proof that they, again, quote unquote, covered it up yet. The worst part about this is what happened with, uh, with, with Brad afterwards when he left the Blackhawks, I believe a year later, he went and coached university hockey for a couple of years in Ohio and then volunteered coaching high school hockey, where he was then arrested and sentenced for abusing, uh, sexually abusing, uh, I believe a 14 and 16 year old. He's a piece of shit, and again, we don't know the details of the, the current case where uh, two former players are, you know, suing the Blackhawks um, and Brad here. But uh, but but you had a, you had a comment, you know, as we were doing the show prep here that that kind of really hit home um, the severity of, the, of of all this. Yeah, and it's it's bad if you go back to 2010 and just look at the allegations that are being put forth, but then you bury it and allow this to happen to youth hockey players, like. No one should be assaulted, especially, you know, in an environment that you should feel safe. Right. And we've already talked at length about what somehow went off the radar entirely after a week's time in the Pittsburgh scandal. Well, I guess Wilkes-Barre Scranton scandal, but like this shit, like, why does everyone have to keep covering it up? If you come clean, like what's going to happen to you? Like nothing. <laughs> You're just yeah. trying to protect a predator. That's all. Yeah, and and the worst part was allegedly the Blackhawks denied them the the motion to send this to the 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 police at the time where these players at the time were uncomfortable with this and and that's and that's why this is this is so terrible. And again, we we're not going to go into it too heavily. Please read the article. It's it, it's very very good. Rick Westhead uh, did an outstanding job. Whatever your opinion on Rick Westhead, this this story in particular, he did an outstanding job with, and I encourage everyone to to read this. We'll provide updates when there are updates on this case. We don't know who is involved yet. TSN uh, reported that they actually, they, they know the identity of those who are, 
who are filing this suit, but due to their policy, they're not going to release the names of any you know abuse victims without their uh, consent. And I, I I respect that from TSN as well. The one thing I just want to say though is we see a lot of these stories again in in junior hockey, whether it's you know amongst peers or with coaches, we see this in in women's sports, women's amateur sports. This kind of shows and and pulls the curtain that it happens in men's sports too you know, and it's not talked about because of the culture in professional men's sports. But if this turns out to be true, you know, it, it just shows that it, it's happening everywhere and it needs to stop. So th- that's all I want to say on it uh, moving forward. Uh, next story, which is, again, a complete 180, because this one's going to put, uh, where, where's this last story put a frown on Hoppy's face here? This story is, this has put a smile on his. It's a week in the, oh, a week in the running here. Yes, we didn't, but we didn't talk about it on any of the episodes last week. Hoppy, the floor is yours. Your boy, Ray Shiro, back with Billy G. Wow. It is just a delight that he was brought into the fold. First off, I mean, has it ever been more official that we are creating the Minnesota Penguins, which, hey, you get three cups in about a decade. I I think most Minnesota fans would sign up for that. Yeah. Uh, but wow, this is a guy that like I was so sad the day he was fired, even though like it made sense. Right. They, they hit a wall. They had all the talent in the world and couldn't get over the hump to continue pursuing cups. But Ray Shero is a guy. Not only did he do a great job with you know how they went out and found prospects with how they brought in and built the organization through NCAA hockey, which Bill Guerin obviously was a direct disciple of that because he was a huge piece of that with Pittsburgh. But when you got to the trade deadline, me and a couple of my buddies in college would always kind of joke that he was jigsaw from saw. Like he'd just be like, I want to play a game. Whenever he <laughs> called another GM, like let's, let's play a game. I want to play a game. And That's awesome. he had his way with everyone. I don't think he ever lost oh. a trade on paper. Now you could argue whether or not like they were the right trades, but he never on paper lost a trade with Pittsburgh or you go to New Jersey. Look, you got Kyle Palmieri for like a second round pick, I think. Yeah. Like, and that Insane. was, oh, I'm sorry. The Taylor Hall trade that everyone talks about. Ray Shero. Uh, and and let's be honest. Let's be honest. At at the time, he didn't give up. Uh, he didn't give up a haul for PK Subban. Gave up nothing. <laughs> and that's the thing. Because he, he found a team that was in a pinch. Exactly. And again, Subban obviously fallen off a bit uh, a bit since that trade, but he was very good in Nashville, even in that you know that that last year with them. Um, and that was that was unbelievable too. I remember getting that text message uh, the morning the morning I went to the draft and being like, "Holy shit, Subban's moved! It must be it must be a hell of a trade." And then looking at him, being like, "Damn, <laughs> damn, they got fleeced." So so you just heard it here, everyone. If he's in the room with Billy Garen when he's making that next trade. We're getting Dumba for Eichel straight up. Done and done. <laughs> no one's going to look back. I mean, hey, what, what's worse? That or Larson for Hall? Who's to say? Yeah. Oh, my Although, God. That's uh, horrible. Adams is probably a little smarter than Chirelli, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a really good Chirelli clip from my time in radio. I'm going to have to bring that back here, especially in the summer. What happened to my $100? Peter Chirelli in the management group. Did you take my money? <laughs> That's right, little bitch. But hey, the, the, the big thing, though, with Ray Shero is he's not the GM, right? He's not yeah. running the show. He's brought in to use his best talents however Bill Guerin sees fit. And that's incredible that he's building this great staff around him, kind of like Mark Bergevin, right, where he brings in good people because he's not worried about losing his job. 
right? This is someone that's confident that I, I'm not threatened by these people. Let's go all in. No, great point. Great point. Okay, we can we can take uh, we can segue in two directions here, and it's perfect with Ray, Ray Shiro because you talked about how you know on the on the trade side, and you mentioned a name like Jack Eichel, which I think Minnesota fans, especially on Twitter, they're split. They're either for Jack Eichel, you know, all in, or like don't even go near the guy. So we can go down the trade route here and talk about you know potential Jack Eichel trades and other NHL trade rumblings, or I'll ask you, Hoppy, how's Ray Shiro at signing contracts? Because uh, there's a we talked about contracts on the last episode, but there is a installment in the story of Kirill Kaprizov. So, so where do you want to take this? I mean, the tough thing here is like he's okay at signing contracts, so that's because Sidney Crosby, he's not a little stitious. He's superstitious. And the most guaranteed contract you could ever get someone to sign for a discount is giving him $8.7 million a year because he's going to sign that instantly. <laughs> I even heard that there were adjustments to the seating in the arena because of his superstition. I, I believe it. I don't know that. The, honestly, though, the fact to which like he actually lets Malkin walk out last from the tunnel, that's leadership because that killed him to his core for at least two seasons. It had to. Three-year Super League. <laughs> Three-year Super League. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Um Okay, yeah, great point there. But you still didn't answer my question. Which direction I, I have, you want to go here? Well, I kind of went that direction, and that's all I have to say on the contract matter. So unless you have more to add. <laughs> well, let's talk about Kirill then, because news came out that uh, him and his camp, they're playing hardball. And, you know, put it this way. As a, wi <laughs> as a Wild fan, I hate it. You know, I I'm pissed off this is happening. As... As someone who digs this kid's swagger, I'm like, you know what? You deserve to do this, man. And this is tactically the right move if you want to be on a winning team and make some fucking money. So I'm torn. Obviously, I want him to be part of the wild. I don't want them. I don't want him his contract to sink this ship. But at the but at the end of the day, if him and CSKA are gonna bend over Billy Garen, I'd rather they just say fuck it. I mean, I agree, and to. To be honest, I don't think he has anything to do with it. His representation basically said, you just go to your wedding, have fun, let me do my thing. <laughs> like and that's okay. this is all this is all posturing. They're gonna try and do what they can. And the beauty for wild fans, because I know a lot of people have lost their faith in him the last couple of days because Kaprizov's not already signed to a $20 million deal, but Garen's not gonna be their bitch. That's not gonna happen. He's going to find a way to make this work, and it's going to be on mutual terms, not Kaprizov bending him over backwards. And, like, first off, the Moscow thing, everyone knew he was going there for a wedding. This isn't, like, news that he's in Moscow working on a deal with CSKA. Yeah. Also, look, like, I, 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 I joke all the time, and, you know, half my comments on Twitter, tongue, you know, firmly planted in cheek. And and let's be, let's be real. CSKA, they can't pay him you know, anything crazy anyways, because of their uh, cap issues in the case. No, no, no. Putin can. <laughs> that, well, that's the caveat. And that's, you know, if you believe he's actually KGB, which I'm still at this point, getting more convinced here. But, uh, but anyways, um, I think they're going to get it done. It's going to be a compromise. It's going to be, you know, there's, there's going to be some pull where Garen's like, look, I can't, I, I cannot give you this. And there's going to be something from their camp going, we can't give you this. And that's where they're going to find their happy medium. I don't think it's going to be as low as a two-year deal. And I don't think it's going to be as high as a 
a five, uh, a six to seven year deal. We'll say it's going to land between three and five, and I'm okay with that. I I think three or four is what you're looking at, and that's got to be the concern, right? Because Panarin all over again. But if you can do that, that at least gives you some strength. First off, you're not paying him eight million plus for a three year deal. Like you're looking at a guy like Matthew Barzell, who is getting like what six, seven, five for three years. And Elias Pettersson's about to have a similar deal. Hopefully for your sake, but like, really I'll take that deal because that gives you time to prove to him that this is a team that like is going the right direction. Maybe he falls in love with Minnesota. Who knows? And guess what? If he wants to leave, you don't do what Columbus did and go all in and keep him. You trade his ass to New York or LA because that's where Russians want to go. And you get solid players in return and you don't, you know, lose a whole lot. Like it, it would suck to lose Kaprizov, but guess what? If he doesn't want to be here, I don't want him here. So like, what, what are we talking about at that point? But the people that are saying that, Oh, just give him a 10 by eight or shit. Some are even saying 11 or 12 by eight. No hard fucking. No, it's like, you don't give McDavid money out to a guy who's played one year in the national hockey league. That's one crazy goddamn talk. year. That's crazy. Talk. Oh, he's the best we've ever had. So what? That doesn't mean anything. We're in Minnesota. Of course he's the best we've ever had. There are so many examples of players who, again, have played with really great line mates, but who've had unbelievable seasons, and then we haven't seen them before. You know, I always think back, because I'm a Western guy, Jonathan Chichu, man. And it wasn't like he had that one year, obviously, where he, the, he led the league in scoring. And then he had a, you know, a couple follow-up years where he still did pretty good, and then he was gone. Right. You know? And I'm not saying that Kirill Kaprizov is a Jonathan Chichu. I'm just no, saying. But it's possible. Yes. And it's the National Hockey League. If injuries can derail careers, you don't want to invest that much in in, in him just yet. It's insane. It's insane. And I know everyone loves Kaprizov. And I I can understand that it's coming from the heart, not from the brain when you say that. But I'm telling you, channel your brain and you do not want to give him that much money now. Now, get through this three-year bridge we're talking about for, you know, between six and seven million. Sure. At that yeah, point, let, he's let's proven open out. up the window. Let's if, open up the window. Right. He's there. Go all in and let's win a Stanley Cup. And if he's proven out, sure, you might be even be giving him more at that point. And I'm okay taking that risk because it's a way bigger risk to give out that massive contract. We've already seen what can happen when you give out a massive contract, even though at the time, no one complained about it. People were partying harder than I've ever seen at Big Island on that 4th of July when Parisian Suter got signed. You've seen injuries derail. Parisi and obviously we didn't win in that window so Suter still a very capable defenseman whether he's your two or your three but they're still not guys that you want to have for the next four years on those contracts as much as I'll defend Suter you don't want to over invest and no this isn't a 13-year deal because you can't anymore but it's the new 13-year deal because you see more and more players coming into the league making a big spark and a lot of them fizzle out and I'm not suggesting that's what I expect to happen here with Kaprizov. I really do think that he is an incredible talent. I don't want him going anywhere, but I'm not giving him 10 plus for eight years. I'm not doing it. No. And again, my final thing on this is if he signed to a three or four year deal, you know, like a a similar to Barzell, that's, that's three or four more years shaved off of Parise and Suter. And if you, 
one left at that point. There you go. There you go. Uh, last thing, as I know we're, we're running short on time here, we want to bring our friend James Nichols on the the next segment. We have to hit a, a little bit on these trade rumors. I know we talk about Jack Eichel endlessly, but let's be honest, Minnesota Wild are still in the news and rumblings. The rumors when attached to that name, and there's some other names floating around there too, not necessarily linked to the Wild, but linked to other teams. You know, uh, Sam Reinhardt, um, Rasmus Ristolainen, we're talking Dougie Hamilton, who, what's crazy about that is Carolina actually allowed him to talk to other teams. I get it. I mean, I get it. It's still crazy. Like, Carolina, they ain't hardball. <laughs> They're not hardballing him at all. They, he probably gave them a number that they can't do. So they said, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. Not that they can't do, it. that the owner will not do. <laughs> can they, though? If you look at the construct of their team, again, we're talking like the wild, right? You can't just pay someone max dollar and say, let's go for it. Because guess what? With or without Dougie Hamilton, this is a top 10 blue line in the league. With him, are they top two or three? Yeah, for sure. He's he's an elite defenseman. He's incredible. But if he's going to the team, because we don't know what's happening behind closed doors, he might be asking for a fuck off number like Petrangelo. And if he is, I don't know if Carolina gives it to him. Like I, I if I'm a Carolina fan and he wants a Petrangelo deal, I probably say, okay, what can we get for him in a trade? Because that is still valuable to teams right now because they need that eighth year to pitch it. Yeah. Now you're not gonna you're not gonna get equal no, value, no. right? But but their goal here is, hey, he goes out and explores. We find out, does he want to stay? And if he does, does he realize market value with a flat cap right now? Do you want to stay here with a winning team or do you want to go to Buffalo and make $12 million a year? I mean, if given those two choices, then you find out, hey, is the player here for the money or to win? And if he's there for the money, then maybe you don't want him. Yeah, so some of uh, the teams that are linked to actually all these guys are the Chicago Blackhawks, the, the LA Kings, uh, Minnesota Wild with, with a few of them. Apparently, Chicago is going, you know, pretty hard on Jack Eichel. Um, another player who last season was, ow. <laughs> hey, I'm just reading what the rumors are here. Um, I'm not challenging you. I'm challenging whoever wrote it. <laughs> uh, another player circling, and this is nothing new. It, it happened last year. Actually, the Vancouver Canucks almost pulled the trigger on an Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes. They're they're bullish on on wanting to trade him in that contract there. Um. And uh, and Morgan Riley is what I've heard is a, is a, is an interesting one because the Leafs are in on Dougie Hamilton and it and if they bring him in, I mean they're going to basically replace Riley with him. So that was one that I that I heard of recently. And you know I, I'm going to be biased Canucks guy here. Bring Riley home. He had a Y he had a YVR shirt, uh, Vancouver Airport shirt, by the way in his exit interview with the media, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, if that doesn't say that he's flying home soon, I don't know what does. Am I crazy to say that I would never give up Morgan Riley to try and bring in Dougie No, you're not crazy at all. I think Morgan Riley is one of the more underrated defensemen in the league. I, I would absolutely take him over Dougie Hamilton. That's not a slight to Dougie because he like is a great player, but especially when you're looking at like who the Maple Leafs are, I just don't see Morgan Riley being the problem for them getting over the hump. The problem is that he's alone on an island. And if you bring Dougie Hamilton in, it's not going to improve the situation if you're just swapping him for Morgan Riley. Yeah, they, and again, different comparables, but they they tried to bring in offense on the back end with, uh, oh, fuck, why am I blanking on his name? 
Tyson Berry. Yeah, Tyson with Tyson Berry. Berry. <laughs> I'm leaving this in. With Tyson Berry. Um, and that didn't work out with the Maple Leafs. Worked out with Edmonton. But shit, if you're dishing it to McDavid. Yeah, I'm sorry. Don't get me wrong. I love Tyson Berry, and I knew that was a match made in heaven. I picked him up on every fantasy hockey team this year because, obviously, he fell down the draft boards because of what happened in Toronto. There's no way that he wasn't going to put up stupid numbers playing on that first power yeah. play unit. So, Come on. And he's he's probably going to... I hope for his sake, because he kind of got screwed going to Toronto. I hope he can come out of this making some money yeah. going somewhere. No, he's, he's a Vancouver Island boy. I wish him I wish him all the best as well. Um, but anyways, that was an interesting one. And again, I don't put too much weight in these. Um, look, I'm only going to read the ones where I, I know the, the sources of them. They've been right about some things before. And these are just some ones that raised my eyebrows. Man. So uh, we'll continue to talk about them in more episodes uh, throughout the weeks here and the summer as it's heating up both literally and figuratively, now that the playoffs are coming to an end and it is summer. Um, all right. Um, so I, I will say, though, just on the Jack Eichel stuff, because you and I have been extremely aggressive on get him no matter what, I totally understand, like, in a vacuum, if you're worried about leadership, neck whatever, injury. like locker room issues, neck injury, all those things, and saying I'm concerned about trading for him and giving up a massive haul, Totally agree. I also fully trust Bill Guerin that he is going to vet out both those situations. And if a trade is made, he's not worried about either. So if a trade is made, and again, we're giving up something like two futures, a prospect in Dumba, something like that, and you're getting a Jack Eichel that's been vetted out by Bill Guerin and by Ray Shero, and I don't know, Judd Brackett maybe weighs in somehow. I'm just throwing out big names, but... Like if they bring him in after that vetting process, I'm throwing a fucking party. Exactly that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. On the other side, James Nichols of the Nassau Men Hockey Podcast, as well as the Hockey Writers. We're going to talk a little bit about this series, this crazy win in Game 4 for the Islanders against Tampa Bay Lightning, and then we will run down Tim Peel's hot mic of the week. You're listening to the Soda Pod, episode 166, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Everybody, uh, last part of the show here, and we're bringing in a guest, James Nichols of the Nassau Men Podcast, one of the best New York Islanders podcasts out there. He's just he's just smiling right now, not because he's joining us on the Soda Pod, because his team is absolutely killing it in the playoffs. We needed to, you know, bring in a expert, you know, a fan of this team uh, to talk about it with in our last segment here, and you know shamelessly needed another judge for tim peel's hot mic of the week so james we're <laughs> thrilled to have you how's it going tonight man it's going well it's going well like like you said you know before we pressed the uh, record you were like you know he's smiling because you know his team's doing so well right now and uh it, it's true it's you know i i know that we were here last year in the uh in the conference final or, or the semifinal, if you will um but i don't know this year's a little different it, it feels a little more magical it's 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 all clicking right now it's, it feels good it feels more real too, right? Like last year, like no matter what would have happened, even if you won the cup, you'd kind of be like, yeah, we won, but this is like the weirdest off like playoffs we've ever seen. It, it definitely was the weirdest playoffs I've ever been, you know, I've ever witnessed. 
you know, it's tough to say like it would have been less special last year. I think it would it would have been just the I think difference the right word. You know, it, it, I've said I've been on the record saying it, it might have been a little bit harder just because of how much you know things changed and everything. Um, you know, going through the pause and then coming back to play, and then there's no fans and all the adjustments of you know testing and all that stuff. But uh, this year is a little different now, and the fans are back in the stands, and that's probably what makes it a little bit more magical, right? The fans in the stands, and like you know, the 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 twelve thousand in Nassau Coliseum sounds like twenty five thousand. It's crazy how loud our fans are. So um, that's probably what makes it uh, a little more special, a little more magical this year. It's just the fans after every goal. I mean, after after every play. You know, a hit on the boards. They're screaming. Uh, uh, you know, a proper pass. They're they're cheering. It's it's crazy. And then you know, of course, that when they score, it's just an explosion at the Coliseum. So it's definitely a little more magical this year. It's 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 really cool to see. Yeah, and you talked about obviously you're playing the exact same team in yeah. the you know semifinals. Tell me what's different from last year to this year. Not much, man. It's 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 crazy because you know they bring back essentially the same roster for the Lightning, um, albeit nine and a half million dollars over the cap. That's a conversation for another time, I guess. Same roster, um, <laughs> and you know the Islanders are Islanders are <laughs> essentially the same, um, minus Anders Lee, you know, plus Travis Zajac and and Kyle Palmieri, but you know the same grit, the same grind, the same system, um, and it's just been a battle. And I think this year. You know, the Islanders are, are that much more battle tested. They knew what was coming with the Lightning, despite not having played them for uh, a little under a year now. Um, but, you know, they were in the exact same situation last year. So, you know, going into it this year, they knew a little bit more what to expect. Everybody gained a little bit more experience. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, I think, you know, even though without Anders Lee, they're a little bit deeper. Um, Oliver Wallstrom is a great addition, despite being scratched uh, here and there. But, you know, last uh, last night or, or two nights ago, whenever you're listening to this, uh, Trotz finally flipped Comrov and Paul Mary, and you saw the dividends it paid. And you know, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit different this year just because of the experience gained and and the you know how battle tested they've become. No, and I like how you said "different" and "special" or two words that you used there, and that's those are the exact two words that that I described this team to compared to last year. Whereas last year they had just as much success as we're seeing them, you know, in, in the same round here, you know? Yeah. But it seems like they just have, what did I say? The juju or the mojo or just something, something else, maybe more chemistry, or maybe they just have that belief that like, this is our year. Our fans are here. Our fans, you know, cause New York Islanders fans, uh, my, you know, our producer who's actually not in the chair today, Dylan, <laughs> I know you're listening to this. Um, he says that that's probably the most underrated, one of the most underrated hockey markets for how passionate those fans are, you know, especially up here in Canada where like we think New York, it's, it's just, it's all Rangers talk, um, especially even in our media up here. So with all that being said, and, and all with that entire package, I think that this team is, is going to be successful this year, man. I mean, I can feel it and I don't get me wrong. I've, I've, I love a, a repeat. You know, and I know Hoppy does too, being the the Pittsburgh fan. Um, <laughs> but but I have to say that I'm voting for the Islanders because I just love what I see. I love the heart, I love the passion, and Trotz is one of my favorite coaches. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You know, I, I'm listening to Sportsnet the other day, and Jeff Merrick and Elliot Freeman are talking about, you know, isn't every team a close knit team? And and in in a way, you can say, yeah, of course, every team is a close knit team. Um, but I think there's a little bit extra here with the intimacy of Long Island, right? You know, it's not just that they're a close knit team, but they're also so close with the fan base in front of them. 
um and they feed off of that energy which has now become the sixth man on or the seventh man on the ice um you know they're, they're coining that term now for the the long island fans um but you know so it has a little bit to do with the fans and it also has a, a lot to do with the buy-in of the system you know when you look at the difference between tampa bay and the difference between um long uh the, the islanders you know tampa bay has what six superstars on their team the islanders have matt barzell and a bunch of top six bottom six forwards um albeit they have a, a top pairing defense that is severely underrated probably the best tandem uh in in the league de- defense wise but they don't have a number one defenseman like a drew dowdy or or a chris letang right so the buy-in with the system i mean they really play their game every night and they give tampa a hard time despite Braden point scoring what is it 11 goals in 14 games now he's still having a hard time out there he's he's catching he's catching heat he's he's taking hits um, you know, the, the fourth line is really the engine that uh, that revs the, the Islanders and, and they keep churning. And it's it's really great to see after a, a shaky regular season. Um, it's just, you know, the system trots has implemented um, plus the buy in from the players and now the the intimacy of the of the fans and, and how, you know, excited everyone is to be back in the building. And, and, and it's just all of that together is a perfect cocktail for success and you're really seeing it pay off this year as opposed to last year where you know the Islanders gave them a good run but you know the Lightning just did that did what they do displayed their talent and and kind of you know overtook that series um sing you know pretty pretty I, I don't want to say easily but you know they they came out on top because they they knew they could yeah no kidding and uh obviously my co-host has already outed me and I've got you know the Jersey of Carly Zucker's husband hanging behind me. Um, shit, I had a bet going into that series with Mark Parrish, and I'm still promoting Northland vodka go. on his behalf, not only because <laughs> it's delicious, but because I'm a man of honor. Love that. Um, now, I got to ask you, though. I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here to, sure. you know, shoot me straight. Without Sorokin, do you beat the Penguins? It's a good question, right? Because Varlamov was a little shaky to start the series. He might have been injured. Um, you know, so it, it really depends who that backup might have been. Thomas Grice, you know, for the four or five years, he was the the one B or or B goaltender for the Islanders. He was superb. You know, they he won the Jennings with the uh, with Robin Lehner when when they were the tandem. Um, he was great in in uh, Halak's place whenever Halak was out and they were the tandem. So, um, and then you know, last year, you know, backing up Varlamov, he was very serviceable. There were stretches where Varlamov, um, despite you know, being a vet, in my opinion, he should have been a visit, a candidate this, this year. He was so good with the stretches where he got rest. Grice was, you know, whoever, whoever they put in net for Grice, uh, or whether it was Grice or, or Varlamov, um, the team was confident playing in front of them. So I, I do think that if it wasn't Sorokin and it was still Grice, they would have, uh, just as much confidence playing in front of their goaltender, um, whoever it might've been. Um, it's really just a question of who it would have been in net and, and, you, everybody knows Lamorello builds from the net out, so he would have solidified the the goaltending situation no matter what. Varlamov was always his choice, um, but then you know getting Sorokin was, was it was huge. It was it was a, a big move. And I mean, for me though, I genuinely think that if Varlamov is in, Pittsburgh might win that series. Like Sorokin, yeah, I could see stole it. games. He stole yeah. games for them. It didn't help that the goalie on the other end of the ice was garbage. But I mean, it I, I, is there any way that Sorokin's not the starter next year? I, I, you know, it's going to be it, – it, it was definitely a 60-40, 70-30 split in favor of Barlamov this year. But I think as the seasons go on, 
um, and, you know, uh, Varlamov's contract comes to a close, you're going to see more starts for Sorokin. I'm going to say 50-50 next season. I think it's going to be, um, you know, 40, what is it, uh, 82 seasons, so uh, 46 starts each, right? That makes sense. And, uh, that makes 92. I, I, I can math, right? That makes 92. <laughs> so it's whatever, whatever the, the half is of, of, of uh, 82. But um, yeah, I could see it being 50 50. Um, and then, you know, maybe in, in year three of Ilya Sorokin, that's when he takes over as a, as the starter or the, or the 1A. But you, you see what he can do the athleticism, the explosiveness in that, you know, he's, He's just he he really is something and and uh, you know it, it it speaks to it speaks volumes to where he came from you know the the KHL was um, coined the the beer league by by many and and you really can't I don't know if you could say that anymore they got some skilled guys over there and you see how um, you know how well groomed Sorokin came over from the KHL and how successful he was over there he was just you know it was just another day day at the office for him he he knows what he's doing because he's been there before so the the pressure wasn't really mounting on him. No, absolutely. And I think where once the AHL was truly the second best hockey league, you know, in the world, I think the KHL rivals that now for sure. Yeah, uh, I think one, so. one last point uh, to this series here, and then we'll move on to our last segment, uh, James, but let, let's talk about game four quickly. Like what yeah. a roller coaster ride and what a finish. <laughs> so as a fan, you know, as someone who covers this team, um, both writing about this team and on your podcast, like what was going through your mind and describe just, describe the whole scene uh when they ended up uh winning winning that game oh man so it's like it, you know neo in the matrix right he slows <laughs> things down in your mind and you know you see Varlam, varlamov come out of the net and now i'm like oh man varley where are you going and then you know that that unbelievable move by mcdonough you know i, I gotta give him all the credit in the world it was a really great move um you know you start to see him you know get to the backhand and he throws the puck at the net and you're like oh no here we go you know classic islander 10 seconds left give up a goal and suddenly you know the the long island hero comes out of the woodworks and and he just you know calm cool collected zero panic on his face i don't know if you saw the still shot i don't know if you saw my tweet but i tweeted it out you know i said i love i love this image right here calm he's he's collected no panic straight focus looking down at the puck and he says nope this is my puck and he just bats it out of the way you know smart enough not to put his hand over it you know just bats it out of the crease and make sure the islanders secured that win and what i love most about that scene too was you know normally the the team will turn around and hug their goaltender and be like hey good job great game good win they all went straight for pollock and it was just i had chills you know it was funny because there was two things two things that happened uh, in, uh, in the proximity of about half an hour of each other. And, um, you know, I'm sitting with uh, a couple of the other guys that I write with and we're watching the game, you know, watching it unfold. And, and that save, everybody jumped up. Oh, my God, Ryan Pulak, that was amazing. I can't believe that happened. Not a half hour later, Kevin Durant uh, in the Nets game hits hits a three-point shot to tie the game. They go into overtime, and it was another explosion. I was like, oh, my God, so many emotions tonight. And I, uh, you know, I turned to my to, to the writers that, that I was hanging out with. Uh, you know, we were watching both games. And I was like, man, what was more exciting, the the save or the, or the three point shot? This is incredible. Um, but yeah, the, the the scene on the ice, the scene in the stands, um, the, the scene amongst you know the writers, even 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 we, you know, most of the time we're like, oh wow, good play, you know, that was really good, you know, good on that guy. But this time we were like, oh my god, that's the play of the playoffs. Uh, and if the Islanders, you know, happen to move on to the Stanley Cup final, however far they get after this, 
No one's going to forget about that. And, and Ryan Pulak, that man is not going to pay for another thing on Long Island for the rest of his life. He he secured himself as a, as a Long Island legend for for the rest of his days. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. And like I said, it, it brought me out of my seat as well. But I will say, I don't know if it's the play of the entire playoffs. I think Flurry's <laughs> misplay is the play oh, of man. the entire playoffs. What was he doing? Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, that, God. Uh, we, we, that's a story for another day. Okay, last segment <laughs> of the show. Uh, James, you know, as uh, regardless of how this series plays, that will definitely bring you uh, and the whole crew back on the show because this has been awesome. Um, last segment of the show here on episode 166 of the SodaPod, Tim Peel's Hot Mic of the Week. SodaPod is presented by DraftKings and the Hockey Podcast Network. Hot much but i wanted to get a fucking penalty against nashville early oh episode 166 of the soda pod thanks everyone tuning in on monday reminder monday wednesday fridays podcasts at the soda pod wherever you get your podcasts from okay this week's tim peels hot mic of the week we have hoppy and james uh judging this one shack he uh he's not in it this week. I'm just gonna say it right off the bat. He had a good run two weeks. We'll probably bring him back because that guy's a sound bite machine. Uh, but this one we're, we're we're throwing it we're throwing it to Minnesota. We're doing an ode to the Twins. I promised Jack uh, last week, uh, Jack Leverance of 10K Takes that I would throw it to the beloved now uh, now former, if I'm not mistaken, broadcaster of the Twins, Bert Blilevin. Is that correct, Hoppy? Blilevin. Blilevin. I I knew I was gonna fuck it up. I was gonna ask Hoppy prior to recording. Uh, hey, <laughs> that's way less you- fun. I was like, yeah, no, that's the thing. I was like, can you can you at least tell me how it's pronounced? And I knew he would probably tell me the wrong answer anyways. So I was like, no, you know I just what? wouldn't I'm have gonna, answered. I'm just gonna go for it. All right. So we got Bert and Pierre Maguire and or John Tortorella. You can decide who is uh who's star studded lineup here. Yeah, boys. who's the star of that one? But we'll throw it to the twins first. Uh for those Minnesota fans listening, you you know this one, but uh but James, this this might be new to you. Two home runs for Rodriguez, and then the American League batting title. Joe Maurer, two for five so far in the series against uh, Jeter. We're going to do this fucking thing over again because I just fucked it up. But we're live. I didn't know that. Torrey Hunter has been huge for Minnesota, showing signs of breaking out offensively with the bat. He had a big home run. I'm sorry for that. Hobby, was that LaPanta after he went in? <laughs> it sounded like him. I was like, "Was oh, that Anthony?" <laughs> oh man. Okay, so, so so that's number one, and that was unbelievable because I hadn't heard that prior to our friend uh, Jack, uh, you know, saying that that should be the one that that should be featured here. That was his honorable mention from last week. Oh man, I was killing myself laughing. Uh, but then <laughs> wanted to throw its competitor to the hockey side. I know that Pierre Maguire is very popular on this show. I don't know if he is on on yours, James. <laughs> but it's always a fun time. So here's a, here's a, here's a small clip of Pierre uh, dealing with uh, John Tortorella. You have a power play coming up. You have a one nothing lead. What'd you do on the off days that could maybe help your power play, which has struggled in the series? I'm not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> in textbook textbook torts fashion, I'm not telling you. Right. That's it. Uh, so so two you know different 
clips here. One a little bit longer, you know, on the live broadcast, and one just very torts esque, you know, just shutting down Pierre's bullshit. Uh, James, you're our guest. We'll throw it to you. Who uh, who wins this round this week? And Tim Peel's hot mic of the week. But, but before I, I I judge it here, are we judging it for like most shocking? Whatever or, or, you want. Or like okay, you're just taking it. <laughs> right. You get okay. a set. You get a set uh, the requirements. That that's what's so awesome about this okay. segment. So I I feel like you know the the benevolent one is has got to be better in terms of like that made me laugh. That was like okay wow that's great you know like Blevelin you know he made an honest mistake and then you know, afterwards he's like oh I'm sorry about that you know it happens but you know his initial reaction to oh man I. I fucked that up. Shit. You know, that, that's funny. You know, that's just like him being letting go a little bit and him being himself. And then, you know, he gets right back to it and he starts talking about, you know, the, the next batter up. And, you know, that that's funny to me. I, I don't mind that at all. And I, I hope he didn't get in any trouble for that, honestly. You know, it, he's a human and, and mistakes do happen. He couldn't I, get in trouble. Yeah. He's a, he's a I, I wouldn't think he does. From what I've heard. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't think he would. And, and you know, from towards, listen, that's still funny and it's great. But, you know, True to Torts' nature, right? We know Torts is going to do stuff like that. So, Blullivan for me. All right, all right. Hoppy, how about you? Yeah, this one wasn't particularly close. And it's not just because Bert is a legend here. At You know, like James said, it it was a great, like, soundbite. But then at the end, he's like, oh, wait, we're live? And then immediately flips the switch and gets right back in character <laughs> and Jeter. And, like, that's right, just yeah. so perfect. He, <laughs> oh, like, totally, man. like, lost his composure because he thought he was off air. And then he's like, wait, what? All right, we're back. Oh, man. I could not do that. I'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> so the twins walks away with this one. They got to win something, right? <laughs> oh, boy. Boys, did we get the uh, the, the soundbite from the Colorado exit interviews with Nathan McKinnon? Tell me hey, we did that one. That was last week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Shaq wow. won, by the way. Shaq won. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That tells you anything. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 let you uh, we'll circle back to to last Monday's episode, and <laughs> you can listen to that one for yourself because that one that one was one of our best as far as uh, a close uh, a close competition. No, but this has been awesome, James. Like I said, it, it's been uh, it's been short on this episode, but we'll definitely get you and the whole crew back on soon. Uh, before we let you go, please pump away uh, everything you're working on there at the Nassau Man Hockey Podcast, but also uh, for the hockey writers. Oh yeah, thanks. Appreciate that so much. So uh, yeah, you guys can follow us on uh, all all platforms, uh, social media wise at Nassiman Hockey. Uh, you can listen to all of our episodes wherever you please. Um, all of our our episodes do uh, uh, play on Google Play, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Uh, uh, we do do YouTube as well for those who like to watch visually. Um, and like I said, follow us on, on social media at Nassiman Hockey. Um, you can read my work at thehockeywriters.com, um, covering the Islanders uh, uh, day by day on there. Um, and uh, my co-host and uh, third official member of Nassiman Hockey Podcast, Joe Pantorno, uh, is with AM New York. Uh, John Zella is just with the Hockey Writers with me. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at John Zella. Um, and that's uh, that's us, guys. That's over at Announcement Hockey. No, and you guys are doing great things there. Um, just to pull back the curtains a little bit for the listeners here. I mean, the, the boys reached out to us, you know, like a, a while ago now. And we're just like, see what you guys are doing with the network. You know, how, how can we work together? And it's it's been awesome ever since seeing what you guys are doing, being able to help with whatever we can and, and obviously collaborating now that, uh, well, now that we're your team's in the playoffs and now that we gear up for some summer content. So uh, the keys to the castle are yours, boys. Anytime you want to jump on, uh, pump anything you're working on, the hockey writers and and, and talk hockey, we'd, uh, we'd be more than happy to have you back. Appreciate that so much, guys. Thanks so much.
All right, big thanks to James again. He joined us uh, short notice today on Father's Day. He was uh, he was making the rounds, uh, the festive rounds with with the fathers there too. And again, uh, a big shout out to our fathers and, and all the fathers out there on this special day. We don't have really much else for you. This was uh, this was a big episode, a lot of content, uh, a lot of different avenues. We'll be back Wednesday with a super fun one in Hoppy. We're getting great feedback, at least from my friends who tune in, who like the direction we're taking with the show. They said that, that QA is a fucking star and that uh, the Judge Joeys are just getting juicier and juicier with everyone. So uh, so some good feedback from, from my boys and, and my friends uh, right off the bat. So uh, there you go, Q. Uh, just don't don't get to his head too much because then he's gonna come in. He's gonna have these elaborate stories baked out and be like, "Q, that never oh, fucking man. happened." Man. I'm teasing it. If y'all like roller coasters, whether you can pronounce ours or not, you're gonna love this Wednesday episode. <laughs> oh man, uh, yes indeed. And I I gotta say, just because I know some people got upset, some people liked it, some people laughed and were upset with uh, the meme I threw out. I, I hate jumping on the big trends that go around, but with the Star Wars one, I, I had to jump in with seeing several people talking about whether or not Kaprizov would resign. And if you don't put a hyphen in there, it's resign, which is the opposite of resign. It means he's quitting, he's leaving, he is no longer part of the organization. So if you don't put the hyphen in, just know, I don't hate you at all. I'm just very, very disappointed. Why the fuck you lying? No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that I had to throw that out there because, well, it's topical. Might be true. We'll see. And uh, it's just a shot at the people who don't know the difference between resign and resign. It's beautiful. I thought it was one of the best. Out of that particular meme, it was it was one of the best ones. And, and that's me you know, talking unbiasedly because you're my co-host and friend. I, I say, usually you say mean things to me. So that exactly, is very unbiased. Exactly. So, uh, so that one, that was great. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to take credit for it. No, I'm just kidding. I won't. I'll give you credit for it as I post it on, on Reddit. Cause uh, hopefully, I mean, if, if you run a podcast network, you should take all the credit. <laughs> that is true. I don't take enough credit for that. <laughs> Thank you for those listening on Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Folks, the best thing you can do for us this week, any week, is give us five stars and a kind review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. If you don't want to give us a kind review, just tell us what the fuck you're drinking, because that's what we want to know as well. Go listen through our website if you're a fan of the sport of hockey, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You know, copy saying I don't take credit for too much. I'm a network builder. I'll take credit for that. If you like basketball, we have a basketball podcast network. If you like food and wine, we have an eat, drink, and dine podcast network. So go check those out as well. And on your app, please download uh, any episode from any of these networks before you listen as it just helps our business. Shout out DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use promo code THPN for a sign-up bonus or a weekly deal if you're a regular user. Don't forget to follow myself at VI Sports Talk. You can follow the Soda Pod at the Soda Pod on Twitter and Facebook. And of course, the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Pod Net. One more round after this, the finals, where you can give your predictions in our game day contest. You simply retweet the post and predict who the winner is, and you have a chance to win every round. Shout out to those who won a few jerseys already and participated and followed us throughout this contest. We really appreciate it. That's all for the show. Episode 166 in the book. Signing off, I'm Isha Drill Me alongside the state of Hoppy. This has been the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. We good, man? We good. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.